0: Welcome to the Sports Desk, welcome to Monday afternoon, it is 5 o'clock March 13th, 2023 and round one is this week team, get excited, up and about, cheer, give us a big cheer, we're ready to go, my name is Jason, sitting whew, tense right now, the tension is palpable because I'm joined by North Melbourne supporter Jerry. What's up? You excited? Raring to go, mate. And we have a Sports Desk alumni in the studio waiting in the wings, making his 2023 debut. His name is Cooper Watkins. He is a Geelong supporter, defending champion here at the panel. Ready to go, ready to go for
1: another season. And hopefully it's going to end the the same way um, it did last year. But I'm very happy to be, here, as you said, debut for 2023. So raring to go, raring to go. Welcome back to the studio, by the way. I oh, know there's it... a few changes that we were just talking about. I mean, this chicken thing just has taken me by surprise, and I love the idea, love the idea, because <laughs> I know that everyone that comes on here always has a few sort of differing opinions and stuff like that, and so I know the
0: chicken will be definitely getting a workout um, throughout the whole uh, year. Yep, and this is, if this is your first time joining us uh, on the sports desk and you don't know what the chicken is, what it is, uh, we've, I think we've officially decided to call it the Hot Take Chicken. I like that. I do like that. I thought actually. it was. I thought it was a working progress, but we are at that point where we are going to do this thing. Where if you have a controversial opinion or you say something completely outlandish. <laughs> You're going to be held accountable this year, Jerry, aren't we?
2: Yeah, we are. Just like I found out last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy did. We had uh, Jimmy is not in the studio with us this week. Neither is uh, Sam Manhattan. I believe we have the train tracker out once again. That was a recurring theme in 2022. The train tracker. But the reason why we are sitting here to get together excited for round one is because today is going to be our round one roundtable discussion. This is where we're going to be breaking down. Who are the teams we're going to be paying closest attention to this following weeks? We're going to give our top eight predictions later on in the program, and let's see if we are going to need to resort to with some of the other major predictions we have lined up. And
1: seeing seeing uh, all the boys talking about it last couple of weeks, going, "Oh, geez, what's my what's my hot take chicken going to be?" Like, I've got to come in. uh, If I'm coming in here debut for 2023, I've got to have a hot take chicken. Like, I've got to have something to come with that's like bang sets the tone for 2023 of the hot take that you follow throughout the year and as well as the fact that we got our top eights. So We've got to write them down. We've got to know who who had a poor year, who had a good year because it, it's a very difficult thing going with the top eight year by year, especially with this year and you sort of look at last year and how tight it was with Carlton, um, you know, in the final round, being in the eight for weeks Uh, on end and then not being able to come in. One single point. Exactly. So (laughs) it's,
0: um, it's always really tough to predict that eight and everything like that. It will be a very tough one this time around because this is a true testament of equalization in the game right now it's it the hardest thing for me working out was the bottom half of the eight mm. because there were so many contenders sitting ninth through to thirteenth in fact, I would actually like Jerry and yourself Cooper to uh help me kind of disciple who would what would kind of finish eight through to thirteenth. I've got a list here, but it would be interesting to see how we order it. We're not gonna hold ourselves too much to account on that I, one. I but it would be an interesting I, I agree.
1: One. Like I tend to when I when I've been looking at the ladder predictions, is it I, I feel like I, I'm I'm comfortable in writing an eight down and then I go, hang on a second, I've left this team or I've left that team. And it's like, well no, nah, I probably think they make the eight too. So but I feel like those sort of six to tenths probably gonna be like your Maybe Carlton push up to the four this year, but I could see him being sort of 6th to 10th. A lot of people think like Collingwood could drop off. I, I feel like Port are definitely going to be around that sort of area. Maybe Fremantle, I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But I think that some of those sides, I feel like uh, Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong, Richmond, they're probably the ones that we definitely think will be sort of in that top four and cemented. But then you never know
0: with like a Sydney or a Carlton and that sort of thing. Well, we'll be solidifying the top eight, uh, our predictions before round one later on in the program. Jerry. Uh, there, before we actually get into the main meat of that conversation, were there any uh, clubs dis- when you were deciphering your top eight that you were struggling with in the lead-up?
2: I think, like with St Kilda obviously maxed things out for a while. So, like, they're sitting close to the top eight, like with last year, and a few injuries got them. So, this year, you know, you never know. There's a few other clubs sitting outside, like Port Adelaide, for example, who've, you know been around the mark for past couple of seasons as well and obviously Carlton last year missing out by that like literally a point so I think it's going to be some tough calls made and the chicken will be used um <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got well, a few though. we're all yeah, fearing so. the chicken similar to like the Hypnotoad, aren't we all glory <laughs> to the hot take chicken that's the state of it uh, other sports have we got lined up for you on the round uh, in amongst the roundtable discussion what have we got lined up for uh, in other sports Jerry?
2: So currently we've got the cricket going on, the fourth test between India and Australia. Australia trying to draw the game, currently sitting one for 73, with obviously Coley making 186 last night. Um... And yeah, well, hopefully we can battle it out for a draw, um, some prem to talk about later as well, Cooper, and NBA yeah. news.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, and with that, I, I actually wrote down, in my, I was writing down in my notes with the whole um, test, is it? it's been a really exciting series with most of the games being sort of two to three day sort of test matches, and then we get this one that's kind of fizzled out for the last sort of test in that it's, it's really likely it's going to be a draw, and it's Pretty sort of flat deck, so um, that's kind of disappointing to end um, the series in that in that light, especially with the fact that in the third test we looked really good and sort of took it to them. So mm. it's a shame with that, but yeah, definitely um, Premier League uh, big week in the Premier League um, has just occurred, and then last week's um, Champions League fixtures, and then there's a couple um, coming into this week as well. So plenty to talk about, Jay.
0: There will be a lot to decipher as we go on our very special sports desk. Monday afternoon uh, the round one round table discussion. It's a world of sport so let's go into some classic sporting anthems here in the great nation of Australia. I thought, let's do some Hunters and Collectors Do You See What I See on your sports list. What a wonderful song. 40 years back, lots of sport to dissect let's be joining you very soon. Do you see what I see? Yes you do. Let's go! Whenever you get an excuse to play Hunters and Collectors, do you see what I see? You take it and grasp it with both hands. You're on the Sports Desk Monday afternoon on your Round 1 roundtable discussion, celebrating the excitement that is palpable in this studio with myself, Jason, Jerry, and returning to the studio, Cooper, for Round 1 in the AFL. But... There are actually some other sports that are taking place around the world, and it's very exciting to see. We're going to be having a quick deep dive into the cricket. However, we were talking about this on Friday, Jerry, that I had a little bit of a special outing to make uh, this past weekend. So I thought it would be a bit of I thought it'd be worth a bit of a mention to uh, break down a little bit of what happened at Phillip Island for the Phillip Island Historic Classics. Let's do some motorsport talk. So what that weekend uh, basically entailed for me was I was helping out support in Pit Lane, uh, the TV production that you can see Thursday nights nine th- nine o'clock on Channel thirty one Melbourne. It was a special historic classic at Phillip Island because there was the main attraction for this meet was the lineup of classic ne- overseas nineteen seventies F one cars taking part of the fifty kilometre F five thousand and F one IndyCar race, also featuring Q and R racing. It, and uh, some of the Q and R racing drivers out there were featured. Was Tim Berryman and Thomas Tweedy, but the main focus was most definitely the uh, the Im- the imports that came down to the island. Some of them included a 1977 Shadow DN8 driven by Martin O'Connell and an Ensign MN09 driven by Paul Tattersall, and that's only just two of about six that were down there, including one from Belgium too which was a wonderful sight to see. And uh, I'm a part of the crew for In Pit Lane on Channel 31, and we live stream our, the making of our studio programming on Tuesday nights at, eight, at 9 o'clock. Goes it goes out to 31 on Thursday night, and we'll be breaking down a little bit about our weekend down there this Thursday on Channel 31, which is very exciting, and we'll have a full half-hour special Easter week. That that will be uh, a full-length In Pit Lane special. And uh, if you want to get a a Jerry and Cooper, if you want to get a little bit of a gauge of what it's like at a Phillip Island Historic Classic, already available right now is In Pit Lane's coverage last year of the uh, Historic Classic, in which you can see uh, Guido Bongiorno Nettis' Ferrari uh, as a featured story, which was also taking part in the F1 event down at the island. It's a wonderful track, great weather. It It was a really fun weekend, so a big thanks to that. That's motorsport. Time to talk a little bit. Of cricket. And I'll tell you what, Jerry, uh, that song has rung a lot true. We're doing quite well right now.
2: Here we are. So currently, as we said earlier with Cooper, we're one for seventy-three with nine wickets remaining, trailing India by eighteen runs. So we batted first on a pretty flat deck, making four eighty. Um, top scorer there was Usman Khwaja, making one hundred and eighty. Um, off 422 balls. I think that was 11 hours he batted, um, so that was incredible. And Cam Green making his maiden test century with 114 um, off 170. So what did you think about that first innings and how it kind of set the game up? Yeah,
1: as, as we talked about before, um, in comparison to the other three tests that have um, happened in this series, it was, uh, it's was it been relatively dull in terms of more of a batting pitch. And you, you like to see a bit of variance um, and obviously with the first three tests being sort of only two-day, three-day games, it's kind of – I feel like as a Test fan it's good to watch because there's sort of more action and, um, you know, you'd rather see 40 wickets than a game like this where they're just batting all day and there's really nothing in it for the bowlers. So um, I'm fortunate in the way that the series is ending and I feel like um, given that the way we played in the third Test – um, I was kind of hoping that the Aussies would be able to sort of maybe even win the fourth and the have the test series being a tie going into um, the upcoming Ashes in a couple months. And I feel like that would have been sort of a good confidence booster. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. I will say as well that just a quick update, Usman um also has a little bit of an injury. I think it was a, something to do with his legs. So um, hopefully he's all right with that and that we – I think they've got uh, – I'm pretty sure it's an ODI and T20 series after this in India, just a couple of games um, of those other forms before they head out to England. But realistically, the first couple of tests were kind of, you know, not that positive, but they've kind of ended on a positive note and we're hoping that that will translate when they go over the Ashes. And we'll see how it goes in terms of they have had a few injuries and, like, obviously the tragedy with Pat Cummins and his um, mum, so that's sort of hopefully that um, works itself out in terms of the injuries and stuff and then we can head to the Ashes with a sort of clean mind and get ready to beat the Pommies, which we like doing. So, yeah.
2: Who do you reckon opens for Australia? It's
1: a, it's an interesting question, actually, because obviously the whole um, stuff with with Davy and all that's a little bit weird at the moment in terms of whether he's... I mean, they were calling for him to retire when yeah. the series in the summer ended. So... Um, whether or not he, he continues on and plays over there, which is interesting because he has a really poor record over there <laughs> yeah. too, especially with like broad broad, series, um, yeah, yeah. broad plays really well against him as well. So, it would be interesting. I think there's a lot of moving parts with the team actually at the moment. Like um, I feel like Cam Green's definitely going to be sticking in there as an all-rounder and he's playing the best cricket he's played for a while. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, Marnus and, and Smith um, will be in there, but even the bowling lineup yeah you know, like we've obviously introduced two new spinners that are playing really well but i doubt they play two spinners um, in England, but so I wonder you know, they're going to have um, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Stark, or do they go with Boland? Boland's probably more suited to the surfaces over there, too, the way he swings a ball. So yeah. there's a lot of questions um, in terms of what the 11 will be once we um, play that first test in England. And I mean, I'm really excited for it. There's nothing better than Ash's <laughs> test over there. And you know, especially start... after last time. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. One of the best <laughs> test series ever. So um, it'll be. It'd be really fun, and like it's good. It's a good introduction. Um, I feel like this this India test series as well, more just for the fact that the Australian summer was. I mean, the cricket was pretty lacklustre, to be honest with you, especially with who we were playing. So, yeah, um, it'd be interesting.
2: And I just want to quickly acknowledge Virat Kohli making mm. one hundred eighty six, because I think. It was three years since he made his last century. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, it was an interesting yeah. stat that he hadn't sort of his form's been Sorry, up and yeah. down, but he's an unbelievable player. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, what about our other news with um, like are we prem stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, for, for sure. So uh, as I said, Arsenal. that was
1: that's a good wrap up with the cricket. Um, yeah. And I actually, wanted to mention another stat just quickly because. Um, with uh, Nathan Lyon's a bit of sort of there's a bit of criticism about him going into this test series and the way he plays in India obviously spinners are huge in India and also I think there was some people calling for him to be dropped after the first um, test but um Nathan Lyon has the most test wickets for a, a non-Indian player in India to so like buy a visiting place. So he's got 55 wickets in India. Um, there's a few Australians in there and some famous names in Richie Benno and Courtney Walsh who have taken over 40 wickets there. But yeah, 55 wickets. Um and it's just astonishing. Like, obviously, when he plays over here, he gets so much credit and, you know, the goat and um, all that sort of stuff. And he's a bit of a it, – you know, it's funny. You have cult figures all the time in sports, but you rarely are cult figures like absolute jets at their sports as well, if you know what I mean. Like, cult <laughs> yeah. figures are kind of like that. The ones sort of that they, go
0: by – not yeah. – not, I was going to about to say go by the wayside, not necessarily that, but – they don't come up on the mountain Rushmore, Yeah, really. correct.
1: Where, I mean, he, he's, I mean, no one's really ever going to sort of replace Shane Warne, but I feel like he's probably the second best spinner in Australian history. You could argue he's the third best bowler in Australian
0: history. Like, you All know. right. Well, Hogg or Lion, then? Hogg would be up there, wouldn't he? He'd be up there. I think Gaz more has probably been
1: more consistent yeah. over time. Yeah, and right. probably played for a longer period of time. But yeah, I just wanted to, I saw that stat yesterday um, and I just thought it's crazy how much criticism he cops. Um, and then you see – and I know, like, spin, spinners over there, it's a little bit probably easier to get wickets given the, the surfaces they play on. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting given the criticism he cops. But, yeah, I, I find it um, interesting, but it it especially with the fact that they've gotten those other couple spinners. Um, and I wonder, what do you think about what's going to happen with, like, a Kuhneman and a Murphy? Because they're probably not going to be playing, as I said, in, like, an Asher series because we play one spinner. It, and even in Australia, it's the same thing. We usually only play one spinner, so I wonder what happens with those two guys in terms of what they do. But yeah, yeah,
2: I think Murphy would be the obvious replacement for Gaza, um Yeah, in the coming years, but we'll just have to wait and find out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's our wrap up of the cricket. When we come back on the sports desk, it is time for the thing that we have come together to discuss and dissect. It's going to be exciting. It is time to properly kick off the round one round table discussion. I am Jason. You're joined with Jerry and Cooper and let's go a little bit of bygone for our next song as we well, hype I'm up the footy. I'm excited for another song, yeah. What brings up the best feeling of footy? What's the most wholesome feeling of footy? I reckon that is the grassroots footy, the local f- style, something that sounds really, you know, something that brings, that's one with the people. So I've actually gone and uncovered the old Captain Rock song, I do love a Saturday Arvo, because mm. that's something that's also <laughs> we've got to look forward to. Local footy will be coming back soon and hopefully there's going to be some clubs out there that are just raring to get back on the pitch so let's pay homage to them and play i do love a saturday arvo by captain rock here we go that is i do love a saturday arvo (laughs) you're on the sports desk it's monday afternoon march 13th 2023 i am jason cooper and jerry join me in the studio and i think it is about time to finally get to the meat of the conversation let's talk afl let's talk round one it is time to dissect everything that's coming up in season 2023. Jerry, you go first. What do you think? Are we doing the top eight straight
2: away? We're going to do
0: some major predictions, but before we read out our top eight, I want to ask a very important question. How many teams do you think are going to be dropped, that made the eight last year, that are going to be dropping out? God, I've got to look at my predictions to think about that.
2: Mm. Um, I'm already dropping two and making a few big calls, so... This I is what, now again. Remember,
0: if there's the a big call that we dish. don't like, we've got the hot take chicken with us. Say something, hot take chicken. <laughs> there we go. I've or, only so I've just had a look. I've only go. got
1: one team dropping out and one team coming in. So I've got Carlton coming in and I've got the dogs dropping out. And like it's, it's to crazy me. to me because like again, this is what I was just saying before, but it's like I'm typing out my eight and then I'm like, oh, hang on. But the dogs are there and then I was like, oh. But then uh, Port's there as well. So, it's like it's such a tough one. So, who have you got dropping out? Who you got coming in?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be happy, mate. I'll
1: drop can Oh, Jerry. Jerry.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll do it for you. Wow. Um, Jerry, I think oh, on that note, you need a readout. Start from first, go through to eighth, read them out. Yeah. It's time.
2: Um, So first I've got the Brisbane Lions. Um, yeah. I think they're going to finish minor premiers. Yeah. I don't know about
1: the premiership. I've got the same, yeah. just quickly, yeah. Uh, second
2: is the Swans. Yeah. Um, D's in third. I reckon they'll bounce back. Pies, top four. Uh, I reckon the Doggies will just miss the four, so fifth. Ferrer and sixth. Uh, the Blues will come in seventh, Miss uh, make for finals this year, and then Port will squeeze in.
1: Yeah, okay. And, ah.
2: um, yeah, the Tigers and the Cats, I think, you know, age.
1: Yeah, okay. So, age so it's bit, not even you know. just the Cats, too. Like, the Tigers, that's a, that's a hot take, too, yeah. is having, like, everyone thinks... I've got the Tigers in sixth, so I'm a bit with you that I wow. feel like good forward line and they get Taranto and Hopper in, so they sort of fix a clearance problem that they have and sort of contested footy issues, but... Um, I just wonder whether they've got enough users to sort of take advantage of the forward line they have. Um, so,
0: I, I, I do. You might I be do. putting more explosive players in the forward line, yeah. at Richmond, and yeah. that really in, that entices me because I've got them in the top four. Yeah, Because yeah. The, the fresh legs in the midfield, I think, will make them a very, very I, yeah. difficult team I, to defend gonna, against. I could,
1: I could, I could have them in eighth. I could have them finish in second as well. Like that, I, I really think it's one of the harder years to sort of. To sort of judge, I've got so I've got Brisbane. I think that was just really impressive. I think all the guys that they brought in, so Dunkley, Gunston, um, obviously the two draft picks they got, seem to will probably slot Ashcross will slot in straight away, and Fletcher will probably play maybe later in the year or next year or whatever. But um, I think Brisbane will look pretty good. I I was a little bit worried before the preseason started on whether or not they'd need a bit of time to gel, like Dunkley in that new midfield role. But um, sorry, like with a new side, but they look pretty good. I think Melbourne. Um, whether or not the two tools work across the whole year will interest me and that's something that like that's probably my team to watch to be honest with you in terms of we we're talking about Who? like Melbourne Melbourne so more from the point of view that I feel like there's a lot of talk about um, their midfield rotation they're going to try and put like Cosy Pickett in there and like Lockie Hunter looks like a good acquisition from the Dogs. so um, stuff like that but I think that, that Ruck sort of thing is really interesting and they look really really fit um, this year so
0: that would be interesting. I've got the Cats third. Right. Um, right. I think it's time for you to go from first two to eighth, list them three. Yeah, what right. we got? so I've
1: got the Cats um, at three, Swans at four, Carlton at five, Richmond at six, Collingwood seven, Freo eight,
0: and then I've got Dogs, Port, Adelaide, nine, ten, eleven, missing out. Right. Uh, Who would you have for top two? Uh, so Brisbane and Melbourne. Brisbane and Melbourne. Okay, righto. My top eight looks like this. Melbourne minor premiers. Brisbane line 2nd, Geelong 3rd, Richmond 4th, Collingwood 5th, Carlton 6th, Fremantle 7th, Sydney 8th. Interesting.
1: Yeah. What do you think about Sydney? Because there's always that drop-off in terms of like the, the talk like about the making grand and final and not having a out. good grand final and yeah. then missing out. I feel like... Because it's such a young team, they'll kind they'll of... be back, bes- yeah. I, But I think it's like sink or swim. It's like they'll either be back or they'll be drop-off. But I do think they'll play well. They've got too many good young kids. to. I, I do see them. I could see them making top four. Do I Do have them top four? I do have them top fours, so yeah. But, yeah, I could see them definitely around the picture.
2: I think it's their forward line. Then again, I think Buddy was saying um, Logan McDonald, um, mm. trying to mentor him. And if he steps up this year, then, you know, you never know Sydney can do some damage because... Obviously, scoring was an issue in the grand final last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as you still have Buddy out there, though, they're, they're going to have a somewhat stable forward line because he's mm-hmm. guaranteed a goal a week at yeah. this point, even at, at the age he's at. And,. Well beyond the, t- he's well beyond his twilight yeah. years. He's probably just playing for fun yeah. now. <laughs> and and they've got so that's why
1: I think they'll be good more just because they've yeah. got so many young guys. Like if you look at the, the teams that have lost grand finals by a lot and then dropped off, they were kind of more older teams. Whereas oh. like like twenty nineteen Giants sort of like off a cliff. Like two thousand seven Port when they lost along, 20- they were really old. What so, about a uh, twenty fifteen Eagles? I think they were younger yeah, in that in regard. Yeah, uh, that, but that might even just be. I don't know if they made. The um, like if they made finals a year after that, but it's interesting to note that. But so I think like they've and they've got so many young guys that are coming like Golden and like Warner coming out of last season was kind of the one that everyone was watching oh, this yeah, year. And Goulden then and then Golden had forty five touches in the preseason three and kicked goals. like three goals. Yeah. So it's like they've got so much talent. So yeah, they will be a big one to watch.
0: My next question for you, while we are, uh, we're going to continue the conversation of uh, breaking down some teams to watch in the first four weeks what what do you see 9th to 13th looking cooper brought brought up adelaide port adelaide western bulldogs and what you brought up another team what um, was that
1: that that was kind of the main 3 um in terms of that sort of 9 10 11 um i could they're the main i feel like the other Adelaide's, two i included by the way were gold coast and st kilda yeah yeah so same, uh, yeah yeah they're, they're probably those teams that are sort of 12 to 8 in my opinion that probably have a good enough list and can beat bad teams but in terms of beating the best,
0: I, I just don't think so. They might grab a scalp every now and then. Yeah, yep. certain certainly in the case of the Bulldogs. Certainly in the case of Gold Coast, who yeah, can yeah. uh, who can forget Noah that, Anderson yeah, after I, the sign? Yeah,
1: run. I feel like Gold yeah. Coast and Adelaide are really teams that you wouldn't want to play each week. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide's a team that you wouldn't want to go to Adelaide and have to play them. Like they're not the Adelaide of a couple of years ago. Um, I could definitely, you, you know, what that, that's like a. I, I wouldn't go with it, but I could definitely see Adelaide. Just randomly making the eight. Like I do Dark
2: horse. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like um, they've got a really good forward line. They've got a smaller midfield, but they all tackle. Like the pressure game is ben elite. Keys, so yeah. yeah, keys, Berry, Lead. They yeah. all make yeah. So it'd be interesting and seeing like ranking in that team and how
0: that sort of changes their forward dynamic. Yeah. Uh, other major things. I'm interested in this point because I brought it up last week. I want to just quickly dissect the Western Bulldogs to a certain extent. Mm. I don't quite understand the whole they're under pressure narrative. Can someone clarify that for me? I don't quite understand why Beveridge is under the pump as seemingly. You look at his career, first year at the club, they make a final. They win a premiership the following year. They have been... A presence in the top eight for a majority of his run in 2021. Yeah, it was Melbourne's year. Definitely, you know, ten and 0. it was nine and zero they went. But the back half of the year, the Bulldogs were the team to beat too. They just happened to drop off at an in a, uh, at an inconvenient time, and they made finals last year. But it sounds like it's just they're just running on the they're running on the point that it took Carlton to drop out more than Bulldogs making, it, and that's where this is all coming from to me. But any any thoughts on think, that Joe? point of view?
2: I don't know. It goes back to a forward line again. They've got a pretty young forward line with Jamara stepping up this year and also Sammy Darcy. So it's like if they can't score goals, then mm. you solely have to rely on Norton. I mean, you've yeah. obviously lost Lockie Hunter.
0: And you know, admittedly, Norton is probably not, he's not a keystone forward yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. He will be eventually, uh, I'm sure. I find
1: that point interesting that you mentioned about the whole Carlton dropping out more than the dogs... And that's kind of a good point, it's, given that Carlton were poor in the back in the year. I think that's that's why I've dogs ninth, because I don't know. It feels like they, they've they always had a really solid um, midfield and like a young forward line, but the defense has always been a bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm. I love so the intensity around the Bulldogs, yeah, too. You yeah. know, Bonds I and Pearly, yeah, Smith, yeah, and yeah, exactly. then they so, had McCray. And, and I wonder the what happens with Dunkley. Being out, so it's like, well, you know, is it just, is it only Libba that gets a contested ball now? Like, what are they they going to do from that perspective? So, they're, they're they're one of the teams that I like, I feel like there's a few teams you know what you're going to get from this year, but I I could see them finishing top two, like they're that good. Like if the the players that have are phenomenal. It's just whether it all kind of works. Um, and even there's a, the, one of the bigger talking points coming out of the preseason was also the way that they're forward lines working in terms of that they're, they're kind of running with four talls. so they've got jamara sam darcy as you said jerry and then um obviously they got uh, Roy rory in, and they have norton um and they don't really want to play darcy back because they've got keith um and liam jones in and ryan gardner so they're actually a really tall team so it'll be interesting to see how that works um as a structure perspective, because it's kind of been moved away from tall forwards mm-hmm. in the last sort of 10, 15 years. Like Richmond, it's all pressure, smaller forwards with one one key forward. So that will be one of the bigger things I'll be watching the first couple of rounds is how that works. It's the same as like the grundy gone thing. That's one of the right, narratives yeah. of the first four rounds. It's like how is that going to work? And then maybe throughout the middle of the season, if it does
0: work well, how do teams combat it? So. I'm intrigued by Carlton and Collingwood this year. My theory is, is Collingwood are going to be the most um, studied or researched team mm. by every other club in the game going into this year. I still think they have the intensity and the hustle and the heart and the desire and just the pure pressure mm. to pull off exactly what they did last year, but I don't think it's going to have – it's not going to result in 11 wins in a row. Yeah, That's my view. So – Jerry, any any thoughts on that kind of idea? Collingwood really are an interesting thing to to pin down. They they, they have the heart. They will probably make finals, may go as far as a semi, hopefully. But uh, it's going to be interesting. How well do they repeat it? Are they going to be snuffed out because every other team studied them?
2: Yeah, I do feel like the teams have kind of figured them out eventually. Like um, Craig McRae's brought in this new style of Collingwood like fast, footy route, like literally taking it on through the corridor. And my I think, bombers
0: were a victim to that.
2: Yeah, mm. And my kangas were as well. So yeah. There'll be some teams who, you know, probably might put a few taggers in the midfield yeah. and, yeah, just spice it up there.
1: Yeah, and and the question is whether – I don't know how many – I can't remember off the top of my head how many of those, um like they had the uh, one-point wins or one under one score wins. So it's like where, whether or not you can replicate that um, in like two years in a row. I also think when you talk about studied – I reckon if you're sort of a bottom four club from last year, so like North, Hawks... Um,
2: Eagles. Eagles and
1: Essendon. You'd be stupid not to look at the way that Collingwood like, did things last year because to come from 17th to... To
0: get as uh, high Hawks. as second. Yeah, yeah. like They got as high as second at yeah, one
1: point. It's like you've got to be able to sort of learn and mimic from other teams in the league, so... Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily. I feel like that's why I have them around that sort of seventh to eighth mark is because I don't know whether you can win those games. They'll pull them off, just not at the same yeah. level. Yeah, you, you just might. Like, that's what that's why like the prelim final was such an interesting game because of the fact that they had won so many one score games throughout the year and then they lose by a point <laughs> in the. Pre- you I mean, know talk what I mean? about like, It's like just, kind of
0: crazy. I'm a wrestling fan. I talk about Seth Rollins yeah. cashing in money in the bank at the main event of Mania. That was called the heist of the century. Yeah. I think we were witnessing our own yeah. if Collingwood yeah, had yeah, to exactly, won that one. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That would have been exactly. heist of the century. The 2022 Collingwood Magpies will go down as one of the all-time great runs of the 2020s. Oh, of the decade. Absolutely. It's such a fun team to watch. Yep. Like, yeah. And uh, with us in spirit, unfortunately, our train tracker froze on us, so we actually lost our constant updates on oh, where no. our, our own Sam Manhattan is and the big passionate blue bagger that he is. Oh, let's, yeah. quick, let's end this one by discussing Carlton. Mm. What are the ramifications for them? They've got to be definitely the team to watch in the first four rounds because they got off to a great start and Mm -hmm. it it fell away in the end. I like making fun of the fact that it was one point that cost them a finals run, but if they don't do it again, if they can't get to at least where I've predicted sixth, that's, I believe, a wasted opportunity. They have the
1: manpower to do this, surely. Have to win a final this year for me. I think um, there'd be a bit of pressure on Vossi um, started next year if um, if they don't win a final this year. They've got the players, they need a bit of health on their side. They've got a few young um, draft picks that uh, look to be... I've actually looked before, it's not confirmed by the club yet, I don't think, but um, Lockie Cowan and Ollie Hollands, who are their two, I think the first two picks they took in this year's draft, will debut so um, so against Richmond, sorry. So that's huge for them being able to get some sort of run and youth into their side. So Ollie Hollands is a sort of more winger type and then Lucky Cowan plays off a halfback, which um, with the loss of Zach Williams is going to be key for them to, to be able to sort of slot in there. But, yeah, uh, they have to make um, finals this year and they have to win a final for me to be for it to be a success because they should have been in there last year. Jerry?
0: I
2: reckon they have to make for finals some... Because, yeah, if you're not in the finals, then you <laughs> oh, wow. any damage. So, yeah, it would be big. I think Blake Akers is someone yeah. to look at it as well because he's obviously been at a few clubs, got some experience down, and, you know, they need some mids to kind of step up, not just Cripper taking the load as well, or Walshy.
1: Yeah, I think I think injuries is a big one for them yeah. because they, yeah. they do it. Some of their stars are very injured. Like, Walsh has had a few issues with his back. Kripa kind of every now and again gets something i mean that's kind of what comes when you you're a player like him in terms of head over the ball but even off like the some of their halfbacks like Williams has had some injury issues before so they they've got to probably get some luck on that point point of view but at the same time i mean they were they should
0: have made finals like you can't you you can't yeah there's no other way around it they should have made finals last year so. Jerry i reckon you need to get a chicken out here i reckon if Carlton make the finals we'll get a Collingwood and Carlton semi Good. <laughs> I, I think yeah, that would be no. – I, I want to see it. I yeah. want to see that. I, I remember the last
1: four weeks of the season last year, it kind of looked like it was going to be that sort of – it looked like the the stars were going to align and it yeah. was going to be a fifth V8, which would have been – to be fair, in. we got that in round 23 anyway. It's yeah, so basically yeah. the same thing. Just <laughs> not finals. <laughs> because I think Collingwood needed
0: to win that. I, I'm they needed to sure win it to sl- get a top yeah, four top I think they, four chance. They, needed,
1: they needed it to if stay Carton fourth, win, yeah.
0: they're in the finals – if Collingwood won, they get top four. Yeah, that's what the yeah. ram, that's what the uh, stakes were. Oh god! Uh, other than that, uh, we only got the one game. We're kicking it off as usual. Carlton Richmond Thursday night sold out. Sold out. It's very exciting. We'll be breaking down the rest of Round One on Friday afternoon. So be sure to join us then. But for now, break down, let's break down Carlton versus Richmond. What do we have?
1: So. I think Carlton win. I, uh, they're a bit of an underdog going into this game, but I like Carlton a lot, and I just don't. I just want to see Richmond first. I, I feel like Carlton. Uh, I don't know why, but I just got a feeling Carlton um, got. I don't know. Did Carlton play Richmond twice last year? or Was it only round one? I feel like it was only round one, but I, that may be wrong. But that was, that was kind of that was such a big win for Carlton when that happened. So I just feel like I could see Carlton winning again. So I'm going to back him in, but I'd like to see their young guns. As I said, in Cowan and Holland's play, obviously Richmond have got some new new things they're going to try out. I think they've got a few injuries too. So no, I'm liking Carlton, liking Carlton.
2: I'm backing Carlton in as well, just because like they haven't won against Richmond since 2013, and then last year they broke that drought. So I think it's going to be back-to-back years with a Baggers win.
0: I think we're all universally going to be agreeing here. Oh, God, Carlton man, are going I to do. I, I reckon Carlton might actually do this. This is going to be an interesting year for them. Just before we finally go to the one more song, the one, one more team. I did want to bring up just in the top eight predictions: Fremantle and Gold Coast. They seem like dark. They were dark horses last year. Where are they going to land? Jerry,
2: well, Frio made the finals last year. I think Andy Brayshaw is going to win the Brownlow as well. Um, so. Jerry,
0: I have Andy Brayshaw winning the Brownlow as well. <laughs> Wowie. just in case there's someone <laughs> out there disagreeing, I'll do it on their behalf. No, I don't that's, think that's a big call, but, a big, but just in case someone about
1: fourth in the in the I would have thought. Like I'm amazed just, we
0: um, haven't needed this. We've actually yeah, been yeah, kind of reasonable. I've been,
1: I mean, I, I just I feel like. I, I, to be fair, I have Freo 8th, so it's kind of hard to win Adam the Brownlow from 8th yeah, at the same yeah. time. I got him 7th again. I feel like he he could really take it the next level. I was surprised they didn't make him captain, um, but mm. anyways. But I, I feel like um, he's going to have a really big year. He's such a great player to watch. Like, he's just – he works his tail off. So, um, no, I think uh, Freo should make the 8th. Gold Coast is a bit of a weird one, to be fair, um, because they've got an, a, a, a few co-em. more guys in, yeah. but um, – It'd still surprise me if they did make the eight. Any
0: final comments, Jerry? Well, we've
2: never made the eight, so it's just mm. like kind of like with Carlton and if all that. If it clicks, they could do it though. Yeah, it's got to like happen this year, or like now or never type situation. I reckon. Yeah.
0: And that was the round one roundtable discussion with myself, Jason, Jerry, and Cooper. Enjoy round one, everybody. Enjoy the return of AFL footy. Here's the footy song, and then we'll wrap things up on the other side. It's Sports Desk tradition to play the footy song, so we've gone and done that there to hype up round one of the AFL. Before we wrap things up on our Monday afternoon, I think there's one final question to get the excitement going, that is, Jerry and Cooper, what are some of the biggest calls you have lined up? What are the biggest predictions that you think will happen in season 2023?
1: I think um, one of the storylines, it's not big right now, but... um is around the fact that – so oh, I hate talking about Geelong too much, although – But <laughs> Geelong Ge- so Geelong is still on a really big um, winning streak, so I think, I think it's about 15 in a row. I think that – and no, I don't see many people predicting this because um, just how well they played last year, but I can see Geelong being 0-2 to start the season – so I, I am dead set. Does that dead. warrant a chicken, I, I'm, Jerry? I'm dead set. It's just it's just a small one just to sort of get, get things introduced here. Oh but but I, I definitely see with no Hawkins, and we do have a few injuries um, in the back line with Jack Henry um, and a few others, College Jasny might not play. So I could definitely see if College Jasny and Jack Henry aren't playing and the fact that we don't have a big forward line with Hawkins being out, Collingwood probably is an okay matchup, but Carlton is a horrible matchup given their yes. forward line. So I could easily see Geelong being zero and two. So that's just a little small one, just to then it's segue into But to, I, I just, don't just, believe just, that so, Cooper. Just, well, I mean, to be fair, they are 15 15 or something in a row. So just a little, just yeah. a little big call for you there. It's Geelong zero and two to start
0: the season. Again, little one, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Melbourne were able to go undefeated for a little bit. Yeah, all, so, uh, like, wasn't it, that's. I, I feel like interesting was, when they were ten and zero last year. I thought Melbourne were unbeatable
1: at that at one stage. I was like, mm. they're just not going to lose a <laughs> game here. But yeah, Jerry, I back that one. I reckon. <laughs>
2: you Geelong, reckon? Geelong will <laughs> go, go and two. zero and 0 three, maybe. Oh, yeah, oh, no, not zero and
0: three. They're not going zero and three. <laughs> I
2: said they're not making the top eight. So <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, I said top four. I'm just uh, just like interested by the first couple of rounds.
0: Ah uh, dear oh dear I reckon uh, North, he's wearing his North Melbourne uh, hat on. I don't think they're finishing bottom four. By the way, really? Ooh. I don't think North will finish bottom four.
1: I, I think I don't think North are going to be wooden spoon. I know that. Uh, my tip's Hawthorn. What do you think Coast, of that? Sorry. Completely agree, Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne, If you watch their practice matches, my God, do they give up a lot of scores? Like they've got <laughs> a good they've got a good like you can tell what Sam Mitchell's trying to do with their forward movement, but their defence is horrible. So I could easily <laughs> see them being uh, – West Coast is an interesting one. I don't think it would be North just because I think Clarko is a good enough coach to get North like a couple wins. Hawthorne, when they were bad after they won all the flags, you could tell there was like three or four games where they had no right to win it and the only reason they won it was because Clarko was their coach. So I just think North will uh, – unbelievable. Pull through. Yeah, exactly. Alaska, just a couple yeah. games, yeah.
0: I reckon, Jerry, with his North Melbourne hat on, he would have a little bit extra confidence going into 2023. We're excited. We can't stop talking about it, but we are going to get to the business end of the program, just wrap it up with something a little bit different. And uh, you'll join us Friday afternoon to break down Carlton and Richmond, and we will give you the rest of our round one predictions then. Friday, 5 o'clock, we will break down the rest of round one. Let's wrap up this program with the Premier League. Now, this is the first time we have Cooper in the studio, so please state your allegiances to uh, so, the Premier League yeah, so to our dear friend, we, Jerry. We
1: were having a conversation, and it's a bit awkward because I go for Chelsea, and um, we've been in a horror-runner form, as many as will know, especially um, I'm, I'm so happy I haven't seen Jimmy in this, this Premier League season because uh, Arsenal he, has never been and good, out. and they're only good this year, and he is a massive Arsenal fan. I'll give credit to him. But, um, yeah, no, no. Uh, so Chelsea fan, and obviously Jerry's a Leicester fan. and we had a good win three one, um, the other night, which I stayed up and I'm watching. God, it's hard being a Premier League fan when you live in Australia. But anyway, so no, um, Chelsea had a good <laughs> win three one. It was a uh, very sort of high quality game to watch. So um, yeah, but there's a few big results in the Premier this weekend that are a bit odd. Um, I don't know if you've got it in front of you, mate, and you want to sort you've of. You've got go the results there, it, Jerry. Read them out. Yeah.
2: Well, we'll go Sunday's matches. So Everton one nil over Brentford. Uh, Leeds drawing 2-0 with Brighton. Obviously, Chelsea beating Leicester 3-1. Uh, Spurs winning 3-1 against Nottingham. And City beating Crystal Palace 1-0. Um, and then Monday's matches, Arsenal away against Fulham 3-0. So, they're still five points clear of City. Yep. United drawing in Southampton. Well, b- bottom of the table. So, I mean, they lost 7-0 to Liverpool. So. Um, and West Ham drawing... One or two villa with Newcastle wrapping things up, two one against wolves, um How
0: yeah,
1: be, yeah, it's a pretty crazy weekend. Like as as um Jerry just said, Man United Southampton just happened this morning, and bit of a weird game, nil nil. Um Southampton a bottle of the table, but um and obviously Man United didn't have a great week. I love uh, as week an before. outsider
0: who doesn't follow the Premier League, I'm. It's exciting me greatly that everyone has just been joined together. We're all uniting to laugh at Man no, United losing seven 0 But yeah, no, um
1: that was crazy. But yeah, man. So Man United, um there's uh defensive midfielder Casemiro got a red card early um, in the first half, which kind of made the game a bit weird. So yeah, that was a nil-nil. Having said all that 7-0 memes, and we've seen a lot of them, <laughs> Liverpool Uniting go out and lose League. to a relegation side in Bournemouth 1-0. So they can't really <laughs> laugh anymore. All the other clubs can laugh because Man United still lost 7-0, but Liverpool can't say anything because <laughs> they just lost one Did you hear Jimmy 1-0. the
0: other week when he was celebrating an Arsenal win over Bournemouth as the best win they had that year? When Reece Nelson scored that. <laughs>
1: to be fair, I would have gone mental yeah, <laughs> if, I was, yeah, uh, if I had seen that. And they're obviously playing unbelievable. And um, Yeah, Jimmy's... Yeah, I love Jimmy's support of Arsenal, but I, I hate <laughs> Arsenal at the same time. But yeah, He's no, that was
0: spirit. He's listening and smiling.
1: Yeah, no, that would have been a, a great game to to have watched. But yeah, no, Arsenal three 0 Had a good win, um, and they're sort of still charging five points ahead, as Jerry said. So um, that'd be still, you know, we still got a couple months left of the season. So um, it'd be interesting to see how that ends up. And yeah, the the table kind of is working itself out at the moment. It's still a bit. Wonky with everything going on, and there's a few um, fixtures everywhere at the moment. But yeah, just keep tracking it and um, yeah, see what Arsenal can do, and see if they can hold on. Which I hope <laughs> they don't. <laughs>
0: what are you? What are you seeing uh, in the very near future in the well, game? I'm just hoping lined up.
2: the Foxes don't get relegated. Because if what Southampton win, then we drop into that relegation zone. So we're just what like literally a win. Above the relegation. Yeah, it's, it's
1: always crazy yeah. looking at the relegation every year because, like uh, as Jerry said, I mean, Crystal Palace is uh, on twenty-seven points on twelve in twelve. Sorry, and Southampton are twentieth on twenty-two at the bottom. So it's so tight and it is every year so yeah that'll be um, a good one to watch um, obviously not for you Jerry because it's a bit tense but um, to make sure that they stay up and uh, obviously three sides go down every year and three sides come up so um, yeah, that's an interesting watch as we said Arsenal are above uh, Manchester City by five points and there's a bit of a drop off to Man United on 50 points Tottenham um, and Newcastle on 48 and 44 respectively and then Liverpool on 42 so very tight um, my Chelsea boys are sitting in 10th at the moment, which isn't great on 37. But we're playing well at the moment, so
0: we'll see how we go in the next couple of months. But, yeah. I'll um, direct this question to Cooper as the uh, the objective for some objective opinion here, Jerry. If you need to get the chicken, feel free. Do you think Leicester can hold on and avoid relegation?
1: Yeah, no, they will. They will. I'm pretty happy um, with where they're sitting. They've got enough class players, I think. Southampton probably are going down. Bournemouth might be. I'd be interested to see what happens with West Ham because West Ham's such Ooh, a massive yeah. club, but they've been they, they were in the Europa League last year, but they just really poor this year. So I, I kind
0: of hope they don't go down. But yeah, we'll see what happens. And that, gentleman was the sports desk.
1: Wonderful. Thank you very
0: much, Jay. It, it's Thanks been mate. it's been great doing this. We've got our round one roundtable discussion with all the big opinions of where everyone's going to lie, and we've got some wonderful Premier League to look forward to as well. Check out our podcasts. We've gotten back to the podcast feed. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Also on syn.org.au. Join us Friday, 5 o'clock, same time, for a round one review and previewing the rest of the weekend ahead in the AFL. It's going to be very exciting. Cooper, it's great to have you back in the studio.
1: Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you for having me. We'll hear from you again uh, Monday. Absolutely
0: you will. Absolutely you will. Excellent. Pleasure doing business with you, Jerry. This is going to be the sports desk for this Monday afternoon. We'll catch you soon.